0: very good morning and welcome along. It is the Gardening Programme here on Midwest Radio. We're into the middle of April. Pori <laughs> Corkin, good morning. Good
1: morning, Deirdre. Good morning, listeners.
0: How are you this morning? I'm great.
1: I'm, I'm delighted after hearing that uh, weather forecast is an improving uh, situation. Yeah,
0: but, and we only we only covered up to kind of like midnight tonight, but you say that it's going to get even better It's better that. tomorrow
1: and, and Monday and Tuesday is looking really good as well. That bit of high pressure is, is coming up from the south, which is lovely, is exactly what we want. It'll help to dry things up. It will bring frost at night so people with tender plants tomato plants say in greenhouses or tunnels or bedding plants that you've grown from seed anything that's a little bit tender make sure you cover it at night time with some garden fleece because the the frost will penetrate uh, greenhouses or tunnels or whatever so keep an eye on that but apart from that it's exactly the weather we want because the growth has been actually quite slow uh,
0: yeah it's I, quite slow. I did notice that um, uh, on the few bits that I have and I thought oh well, I wonder I wonder am my dad not doing something right or no, is no. it it's just naturally slow it's just naturally moment. and it, mm. I would
1: describe it more we're really in kind of March type of weather where a uh, kind of cooler easterly wind um, you know so it is we're certainly a couple of weeks behind. Behind. Definitely. You're you're not seeing that flush of growth. Um, So that easterly wind is certainly holding these things back, particularly this week anyway. But... uh, the other the good side of it is um the amount of flower color we're going to get this spring i was looking at flower and cherries that have come into bloom uh, camellias this year are flowering their heads off spring flowering the lovely forsythiae plant that you'll see yellow flowering at the moment Berber's flowering very well and plants like the clematis that are going to be flowering now at the end of april early may there's going to be tremendous color this spring um due in no part to the to, of course, the good gardening advice we've been giving. Well, yes, of course. But, but more importantly, the really good summer we had last year, when right. you get that long, dry mm. July, August, September, it helps to ripen the flower buds for. So yeah. apple trees, for example, this year are going to be covered in flower buds. So if we get a bit of, bit of heat. A, a bit of heat, get the bees in, get them pollinated it's it's certainly teeing up for quite a nice. Yeah, and
0: I I have to say now I was in Dublin last Sunday uh, visiting a granant and they have a magnolia tree in the right. back garden now obviously uh, the eastern side of the country gets that bit of growth Absolutely. and uh, they're always kind of maybe a week or two ahead yes, of us uh, on the western seaboard but I looked at it and the magnolia tree is starting to come into bloom Yeah, and there is a sight of blooms well, on it well that's it, it. and yeah. that's
1: it a magnolias camellias and it's a good old one now too you know? Yeah, and that's, that's what you're going to find this year it's going to be a beautiful spring from a flower flower colour it's going to be great
0: now, you had an advice weekend last weekend. We had
1: weekend. A, a fantastic um, Saturday, Sunday, if you remember last week. I asked people to come into the garden clinic and drop in and talk to us. And we had all day long we ran off our feet uh, with, with lots of different queries, um, both the Saturday and Sunday. They all love you. <laughs> they that's kept telling me, "Oh, dear!" Just sounds lovely on the radio. Oh well,
0: she is all right. But I got like. some.
1: I got some tips myself on. On some people advised me that uh, I need to be cutting back on my answers, not repeating myself. Oh right, okay. So and cover of, and cover com- more
0: topics. Exactly. we right. A couple we'll try of tips that, so. that we'll
1: have to take on board. But they all loved you anyway, which is which okay. was nice to hear. Uh, but look at lots of uh, people looking for lots of advice. Wireworm, of course, leather jackets. They they featured uh, hugely and. People looking for the, the super, super Nemos I mentioned last um, week, root fly treatments, people looking for colour. Herbs went down very well, the the, the basil mint mm. that we featured, and the Corsican mint, and, and planting in general. But really, people were just looking for hints and tips and advice, Uh, Grow Your Own in particular, great interest in in Grow Your Own and we're into that time of year. So people looking for different uh, potato varieties and and, uh, vegetable plants and what to do with them now and how to grow them, tomato plants. So all of it was great to see. It was great buzz in in the store and lots of questions, but a lot of people are going back then doing You know, with a good bit of good weather we had last weekend, they were getting back out into the garden and kind of knocking it back into shape, which is great to see. Getting to
0: put the theory into practice as well. Well, a lot
1: of pent-up demand. I think people haven't gardened. uh, You know, the last two or three years have been quite wet. The season's very slow mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, people are just anxious to get back okay. in the garden and knock it into shape. So it was great. So what I've decided to do is next Saturday, which is the 19th of April, we're going to run the event again. So, again, I'll be there. Peter will be there. Me Michal, we'll have six or seven people on duty to talk to people about their garden problems. So, again, it'll be a drop-in service. So next Saturday, the 19th of April, just drop in any time from 11 o'clock through to 5 the team will be there, and again, if you bring people brought in soil samples, they brought in bits of twigs, uh, bits of plants. You know, one chap came in with five different soil samples <laughs> for me to test. Uh, so it was great, and and we're getting through all of those all the, at the moment. Great. Um So again, if people have any kind of garden-related problem or or want advice, next Saturday, that's the 19th of April, drop into the centre in Turlock and Castlebar between 11 and 5. I'll be there myself, and the team will be all there. Uh, to meet them and and you don't have to book you literally just drop in just just drop in yeah
0: Okay. And I suppose the other thing as well, Park, I was thinking, um, uh, one of my colleagues at work has some small children and yesterday was the start of the Easter holidays for them. Um, Roll off for and two weeks. it's a great time of the year if uh, children are on a break and uh, there aren't other activities lined up. Gardening can be a great way to get them involved. It sure
1: can. And we're really at that time of year where you're sowing seeds, you're sowing the bulbs of plants, the dahlias, begonias, the herb plants. Get your children involved in all of that. And to tee that off, we actually have organised a over the next two weeks we have an Easter animal farm oh. in our store in Turlock. <gasps> so have you ever heard of pygmy goats? Well I'm presuming
0: they're on the smog, small goats.
1: Egyptian hedgehogs.
0: I've never heard of an Egyptian P- hedgehog.
1: Nor, nor did I until last <laughs> what week. What does he look like? But J- Jason who, who, who runs our pet yeah. uh, department in, in Turlock, he has organized uh, a range of different farm animals. So from baby lambs to baby rabbits, small little ducklings, Oh, they were gorgeous. Very, I in,
0: very seasonal for in looking at time, them last yeah. night.
1: Yeah, so we have an area set up just off the restaurant. An Egyptian
0: hedgehog. Egyptian I'm, I'm fully intrigued
1: hedgehog, now. Tiny, tiny little hedgehog. Really cute little thing. It's it's actually Jason's own uh, pet hedgehog right. that he reared. Um, and Um So it's an Egyptian. Don't ask me anymore about right. it, but he looks really cute. A really, really <laughs> cute uh, hedgehog. So the guys have set up an animal, an animal farm, an Easter animal farm um, with all the I suppose Easter, spring, the lovely chicks, the lovely ducklings. And it is that the time of the year lambs. when
0: all the smaller, you know, the, you know the, the, all the new lambs and the new animals are coming along. Yeah. Um, so it's a lovely time of the year to see that. It is indeed.
1: And that's going to run for the next two weeks mm. in Turlock, in Castlebar. Uh, it's fully covered. So even if it rains, don't worry, it's fully covered. You can go in and walk, look at the animals. It's a free event. And twinned with that, we've actually put together a little learning zone as well, where we're going to teach children about gardening. So we're going to show them how plants are grown, how to sow plants from seed, how to sow them from bulbs. Just a little fun uh, element to the to the uh, Easter farm e- exhibition, and so children can come along with their families right through the week this weekend, but right through the week, any day during Fantastic. the week, just call in at any stage, and uh, you learn how to grow some plants, and you get an opportunity to look at all the different farm animals in there. They're really cute. OK,
0: because I'm sure people, parents will be maybe wondering how do. how do we fill, fill a little bit of time yeah. when people are off school. So
1: that's in our Turlock Centre in, in Castlebar. It's a free event. It's going to run for two weeks. And the guys during the day will have various little talks yeah. and feeding opportunities, you know, to feed the animals and so on. So
0: I'll have to go and Google an Egyptian hedgehog now. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm fully you. intrigued. Anyway, we'll um, get
1: back to the garden. Yes,
0: we, we'll, do, what mm. we'll, do is we'll take a quick break first okay. of all, if we may, and get uh, some of those out of the way. And then I do know that there's lots of questions and coming in for the last hour plus. And indeed, we've got something in the post as well. So uh, we'll come to all of those right after these. <music> now, you're very welcome back. It's the Gardening Programme here on Midwest Radio on this Saturday morning. And pori Corkin is in studio with us. Now, pork we were talking there about the Advice Weekend and all of the different uh, people that came along and different soil samples and things like that. But also, and I want to apologise first of all on this because this package had arrived last week but we didn't see it in time until after the programme had finished so a particular good morning to Sean in Toome who uh, has a couple of queries for us and actually posted in the samples Uh, so thank you very much indeed Sean and again apologies that we didn't get to it but we are treating it uh, as top priority this morning. morning. So um, the two samples that he has given us and they're they're really well labelled and everything so Sample 1 he tells us grows on flower beds and on the gravel driveway everywhere and then sample 2 grows on shrub beds and flower beds and it's like a carpet that just spreads out and the real question is what would are you, they and how do we get rid, get rid of them Far
1: good well well, well that that might be the difficulty <laughs> so the, the first no the first weed is is and it would be very common to many mm. to many listeners it's called clickweed or hairy bittercrest. and the weed is called clickweed is that, first of all, you can actually see the fl- fl- the seed has already formed on the plant. So this is a small weed that grows about three to four inches high. Mm-hmm. It's got white flowers and it flowers very early in the year. So it's often flowering in January and February. Already the seeds are formed on the plant. And when you touch the plant, the seeds click and they fly off in different air, uh, directions. directions and that's right. the way it propagates itself. And once the seed drops on a piece of soil or a piece of gravel, within Three to four weeks, within six weeks, it's back in producing its own seed. So, with, within the one year, you can get several generations of this. Oh, so, right. it's a very, very um, invasive, s- fast spreading weed uh, of cultivated ground. So, if you're digging the soil, you're bringing the weeds up to the surface, it's germinating and growing. Right. Okay. And
0: any bit of movement against it is spreading exactly. it
1: along. So, the couple of ways you can get rid of it, if there's a lot of it, say, on pathways and driveways, mm-hmm. I would use something like Path Clear which is a weed killer that will kill the, the clickweed, but more importantly, will prevent the weed from growing again. So it both controls the weed that's there, but more importantly, stops the weeds from germinating again. Um, around your flower beds and borders, if it's very close, the best thing is to use a hoe and use it at this time of year before the seed starts to ripen. So it's green at the moment. So before it actually ripens, um, hoe, hoe the area. Or if you can spray, use something like weed in between the shrubs making sure that none of the weed oil gets onto the foliage of the shrubs. So maybe put a plastic bag around the shrub whilst you're spraying. You need to do it on a dry day and that you'll find effective. Now, naturally enough, there's going to be other seeds of clickweed Mm. in the soil. They're going to germinate over the next couple of weeks and months. Um, So you're going to, to, Sean is just going to have to keep an eye on this and keep on top of it and keep it controlled. So paths and driveways use the pack layer through your shrub borders and beds you the weed all, and that'll help to control it or get out the garden hoe and give it a good scuffling mm-hmm. and hoeing back the other problem the other that one? he brought in was a yep. thing called it's a, it's a, well it is a weed I suppose it is a weed it's, kind it's, of called, a good, yeah, it's called liverworth
0: right. liverworth
1: and it's really in the algae family so it's like a moss that grows on the surface of soil but it's like a tough moss it is and it, it carpets as he describes it actually carpets the whole ground and it's particularly evident in the last number of years with the very wet springs we've had. So it's growing through the winter like moss. Mm. It's like a moss on soil. Very kind of leathery, tough to get yeah. rid of. Um, so it's called Liverworth. Um, again you can scuffle it off in dry weather with a ho- garden hoe and scuffle it off and it'll dry up. Or what I find very effective on it is Patio Magic. You know the spray that oh, we use on yeah. patios and driveways? Now you can use that in between shrub borders but make sure it doesn't get on your lawn. Okay. So it will damage your grass. But I find it very effective on liverworth through shrubs. Again, making sure that the patio magic spray doesn't get on okay, your so trees or shrubs. So just be careful
0: how you're applying it. Put
1: a polythene it. bag mm. over the shrubs to protect them or get somebody to hold a bag around the base of the plant whilst you're applying it. Again, put the patio magic on when the day is dry and it will take about two weeks before you actually kill it off right? Um, so, so it's, fairly, it's, it's, hard,
0: it's hardy stuff then
1: it is and it's very evident this time of year with a high level of moisture as we get into the dry like last summer it died off quite a bit it doesn't like dry hot weather like like moss growth um, so Sean can either hoe it off but you'll find the patio magic very effective as mm. long as you make sure you keep it off any sensitive plants just direct it onto the actual liverwort itself
0: and in terms of, you know, the way we were talking about the clickweed there, kind of is uh, self-propagating and it, it, it comes back fairly quickly. If you get rid of the liverworth uh, does it stand a better chance? Yeah, you, of, you need to keep on top of it. Right. it.
1: It propagates by two methods. It spreads... Like a carpet, mm-hmm. so it's continually spreading and spreading out over an area. And it also produces uh, seed in summertime. You'll see the little kind of uh, balls of seed in June, July sort of period. So it spreads in that way as well. And um, so it's a matter of just keeping on top of it and keeping it controlled. And having said yeah, that, you know the, the wet springs we've had have favoured the growth of liverwort. Sure. It's often you'll often see it on pots of plants as well uh, on the surface it likes kind of an acidic soil Mm. a a moisture retentive acidy type soil it prefers so liverworth it doesn't actually do any harm to the to, to the, the shrubs and, and, and plants, but it doesn't but look unsightly. Yeah, ugly. Well, so
0: from an aesthetic point it's green, of view, but it's, it's green. You know,
1: through a shrub bed, it, it can look a bit...
0: Yeah, yeah mightn't complement what's there already. So that's, they're the two problems, clickweed okay,
1: well, and, and liverwort.
0: Yeah, well, thank you very much, Sean. And again, apologies we didn't get to it last week, but hopefully we've addressed the question for you now. Um, potato stalks, Boric, Um Somebody says, lovely having you back, by the way. Um, the problem they have is tall potato stalks. They're about two to three foot high. They fall over with the first storm or they fell over with the first storm it's in a raised bed as well.
1: Okay, so, so that doesn't help the ma- matter. It's no, probably an so open site.
0: Kate, and Kate says, guidelines, please.
1: Guidelines. <laughs> well, maybe grow some of the... some Potatoes vary in their in their height. So some varieties say like uh, rooster or curse pink have quite tall stems on them. Uh, Satanta is a variety actually that I often talk about which has... It, it's a very short variety. Mm. It doesn't the stems don't grow very tall. It'll only grow about eighteen inches in height. So it's ideal for raised beds and borders. The other thing you'll find is if you use high potash feeds, so rose fertilizers, rather than organic manure again you're helping to keep the overall height of the plant down so using potash either in the rose feed feed, plant food when you're planting the potatoes and also during the growing season use sulphate of potash at the base of the uh, potato stalks will help to keep the overall height down because potash works in in a different way to nitrogen it holds plants back it makes them more turgid and stronger it makes the stems Um, you know, more cane-like and better able to stand up to the wind. So my advice is to go for Satanta. It's a dwarf variety. The stems will only grow about 18 inches high and use high potash feeds.
0: Okay. Okay. But in terms of the ones that are there already,
1: well, if it, well, if it, the, the stalks won't be won't be above the ground just right. yet, so I'm guessing that the listener hasn't planted oh, the potatoes just yes, yet. That's my that's guess. If if year. they have and they've planted other varieties, then stick to high potash feeds, rose feeds, and sulphur potash on its so own. Just to give them strength.
0: You spread. can put it
1: on in a liquid form, or you can put it on as a powder, and that just helps to keep the overall height of the stems down.
0: Okay, listener in Chum tells us that last year a worm bored holes in their potato. It wasn't snails. Wondering what it might be and what can they do to avoid it this year.
1: Okay, well, potatoes are attacked by wireworm of 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 all things, which is a, a pest that bores through the potatoes as they're developing and creates creates kind of holes and staining through the actual stems, which makes them unusable. Really, um, so to control that and wireworm t- tends to live in the soil for up to three years so the treatment to use is super So I featured them last mm-hmm. week you simply just water them on to the soil area the uh, nematodes start to work and kill off the wireworm um, so do that now and you should have a, a trouble free crop for the rest of the of the year because the super are good as well because they'll not only control wireworm they'll control uh, leather jackets cutworms vine weevil any soil born pest or grub they kill them off. So they're ideal and they're organic. So they're ideal for... And they
0: operate better at around about temperatures that we have at the minute. Exactly.
1: Warmer temperatures. Anytime from the first week of April through to September, you can use the nematodes. So they'll be available. You simply mix them in water and can. You apply them to the soil. Leave them for maybe two weeks to work and then start putting in your spuds and you should have a trouble-free year.
0: Excellent. Excellent. a listener has planted cuttings from hydrangea in pots inside. Wondering when can we plant them out in the garden?
1: Well, if the that you can plant them out now. Um, so any time, hydrangeas, the young growth on hydrangeas can be a bit frost sensitive. And I did say at the top of the programme, we will be getting some frost. So maybe leave them two weeks to grow on a little bit more on the windowsill, because my guess is they've actually come into leaf, the fact that they've kept them indoors. <coughs> um, so leave them till maybe the first week of May and then plant them out outdoors. So really any time from first week of May onwards, plant them out. You could put two or three cuttings together to form one large plant, spacing them about a foot apart. So put three cuttings down, a triangular shape uh, in the bed to create kind of one really strong plant. You're not going to get any flower this year, but the main thing is to build the plant up for this time next year. And the summer of next year, you'll get plenty of colour from them. Great. Uh,
0: And also uh, regarding uh, potting in or planting in pots, um, a listener is wondering can they grow the forest flame shrub in a pot? Is it hard to grow and where would you place
1: it? No, it's very, very easy to grow. And one of the great ways of growing it is in a tub because it's lime sensitive. It doesn't like. Tr- traditional limey soil so you mm-hmm. see the best of the forest flames either grown in pots or grown in acid areas like Mulrani and Ackle and uh, Tormacady where, where you've got that boggy type of soil um, so forest flame what you need to get is a good-sized pot, terracotta pot or glazed pot, uh, ericaceous compost so look in the garden center for a lime-free compost. My advice is to mix some ericaceous slow-release fertilizer through that Okay. And put that into your pot and put your forest flame in. And they're just beginning to colour at the moment. The lovely pink tinge is just beginning to start uh, on forest flame. There are other varieties. There's a lovely one called Katsuru, Pieris oh. Katsuru, which has red, vivid red, uh, blood red young growth and the growth actually extends later into the season so the red colour actually stays on the plant well into July sometimes into early August so that's a a particularly nice variety so it's one called Katsuru Katsuru with a K, um, blood red, foli- uh, red foliage, and it just I like it because it, you've got the colour for a longer period, mm-hmm. whereas forest flame tends to be a flash of colour in April and May, and by June it's back to the green foliage. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, the other question we had a couple of weeks back, people were worried that they saw little, as they described it, seeds on the top of their forest flame. Mm-hmm. And they're the actual flowers. So if you see those on your plant, don't worry about them. That's, they're That's just the, that They're actually the white flowers. And as forest flame gets older, as it gets into two and three years of age, mm-hmm. it starts to flower. So this year you'll get both the beautiful pink coloration in the leaves and you'll also get the white, white flowers, flowers as well, which are quite nice in okay. them as well. So. And a good time to feed forest flames. This is the time because you're, you're feeding the young growth and it's in the young growth you want the nice pink color. So the better they're fed at this time of year. The
0: more vibrant. And,
1: and looking, there's a couple of them that I've seen recently that are quite yellow. The old foliage is yellow, they're hungry after the growing season. So a little bit of the release, that ericaceous release fertilizer, it's made by Grosure. Yes. Buy a box of it, simply put it around the, the base of the plant and that'll green it up and it'll help to push on new growth and in that new growth you get lots of new colour.
0: Fantastic. Um, we're going to stay with one more on the pots front. Uh, a listener is looking for a small flowering plant to put into two pots outside the door to add colour for Confirmation Day. Something easy to grow, but in flower now. All oh,
1: right, it's an instant, <laughs> instant colour. Yes, well, instant colour. There's quite a nice plant called Sinetia, which are just coming into flower. They're, they're beautiful, they're, actually. Oh, you know that the Sinetia, yes. the yeah. right? There you go. Yeah. So Sinetia, and it comes in a whole range of different colours: blues, pinks, bi-colours. They're starting to flower now, and um, they'll they'll hold their colour right through the summer but they're fantastic and they're quite chunky plants so putting them into a pot they'll nearly fill the pot yeah. you could surround them with some summer pansies or summer violas which again are just coming into flower at the moment so so they would be quite nice um, agoranthemums are beginning to flower they're in the daisy family Paris Daisy. they've got a white flower with a yellow centre um, again they've just started to show a bit of colour now and are quite nice. Um, but I think like if you wanted something easy, this Cinetii or the, the Agoranthemum for instance, colour, Ranunculus are in flower as well, the double flowering Ranunculus, you could just do a full flower pot of those. They've got big orange or yellow or red flowers, mm. uh, three to four inches in diameter, a bit like a peony rose type flower, Ranunculus, lovely in a pot, you could just fill the pot with them. So go to your local garden centre. Cinetii for me would be...
0: We'll do it, we'll do it yeah.
1: straight away without any problem, and again, maybe put some summer pansies around the base. Which and you've got instant color now, but color that will stay flowering then right through to July, August of this year,
0: yeah. And well, I've see, I have had a I previously, and it, it, yeah, they are fabulous. And yeah.
1: they're so easy to grow, they're and they such a long <laughs> flowering period. Yeah,
0: if, it's, if, it's, if it's flowered for me, folks, you know, you know the score, it's very easy. Um, now moss, how to kill off moss at the base of roses, Porrick. Is there anything a listener can spray on the soil? They want to prevent weeds growing and they'd like to set some vegetables. That's from Anne. Good morning, Anne.
1: OK, well, let's deal with the moss first of all. Growing on your, on roses, was it on the base of roses? On
0: the base of roses, roses yeah. Right.
1: Well, make, get a, a small bit of uh, green up. It's a powder. You mix it with water. You spray it onto the stem of the rose and that'll get rid of the moss overnight. Um, so, and if you've got any, any, uh, moss and shrubs or trees, use that um, green up to do that. And this time of year is ideal to do, to do it. For weed control in the vegetable patch. Yes, okay. uh, yeah,
0: to prevent weeds growing where they want well, to set vegetables. Th-
1: there's, there's nothing really you can put down that's going to prevent the weeds from growing, particularly where you're growing vegetable plants. There are treatments that can be used around shrub borders and rose beds, but not to be used in, in the veg garden. But a simple tip is, and it's, it's a thing I learned many years ago, um, When you say you've got raised beds or you've got ridges Mm -hmm. and you want to get a head start on the weeds, the the trick is to get the bed prepared, right? So till up the soil, dig it over, rake it off, prepare the ridge and leave it for a couple of weeks to allow the weeds to show themselves, right? Mm -hmm. So things like chickweed and all of those will germinate in the next two weeks. So prepare the bed, wait for the weeds to come and just when they're about half an inch or an inch high and uh-huh. you can see them on the surface of the soil, treat the area with a, with an application of weed oil. Right. Now weed oil, when it hits the soil, becomes inactive. Okay. So it's not going to damage anything you're going to plant over the next number of weeks. But it does eliminate that first early flush of weed. So you've got yourself nearly three weeks of a head start before the next generation of weeds c- could start through. to grow. So the trick is to kind of prepare the bed now get the ridges done, You know, get it raked off, get it ready to plant mm-hmm. so you're not going to disturb the soil again. Leave it for two weeks. Allow the flush of first growth of weeds to come, or when you see that first, first flush, it will be within a two to three week period. Treat the surface of the soil then with weed oil on a dry day. The weeds will die overnight and then you can start planting safely because the weed all once to it touches the soil becomes neutralised right. and you've got yourself and you're not going to lose anything you might think well, well I'm going to lose yeah. two weeks of growth the, no. the vegetable plants will actually catch up but you've got a head start on the weeds okay. but it's important not to disturb the soil so prepare the soil first of all allow the weeds to flush hit them with the weed all, and then, and then the following your... day or two start planting
0: okay that's a great one um, because they, they, that's really can be a, a real competition between the new plants and the weeds coming through exactly. And yeah. You're just, going, yeah.
1: You know, I, I planted a bed of, of pansies in my own garden uh, and I was just looking at them, planted them a week ago and I had uh, left an area where, where there was a few extra plants to go in. So I, I, I put some extra plants in there on Thursday, but the weeds, had, within the week, they were up, they were up already. Mm-hmm. So I didn't take my own advice. I should <laughs> just prepare the bed first of all and let the weeds show themselves. Yeah. But it, you just get that head start right. and, and it's, it's a good little tip.
0: Okay, um, great. To, to, yeah. to try it. I, I suspect because there's no weed killer that.
1: that you can put on to your vegetable area that will prevent weeds from growing as the plants are growing. Right, without and you affecting don't want to yeah, you weed, don't. Yeah. you know, so, so that's the way. Get a head start on them.
0: Now, <clears throat> what about rhubarb bark, which is lovely now, but then it goes brown in May.
1: That can often happen with rhubarb. Rhubarb is growing really well. I picked the first of the rhubarb uh, on Tuesday Ooh, uh, of this year. And, and the key thing with rhubarb is to keep it growing. Mm-hmm. So feeding it well. I fed mine about three weeks ago. It's ready for picking now you're going to see lots of growth on rhubarb if you feed it but often in May it stops growing as we get into warmer weather it's it's finished its first flush of growth and it can start literally stop growing particularly if you get warmer temperatures anything over about uh, 25 degrees 20 to 25 degrees rhubarb actually stops growing so by late summer midsummer it actually stops if we get warm weather so the trick is to keep it growing really well uh, so I would feed it with sea fertilizer. Mm-hmm. So feed it now, feed it again about the middle of May and you'll keep the plant actively growing. The other thing with rhubarb is make sure it never dries out. It uses copious amounts of water. You can imagine the amount of juice that are in the stems and in the foliage. So it's using copious amounts of water. So if we get a dry period in May, put the hose on it as well. So the trick with rhubarb is to keep it actively growing during that period. If it stops in May or June, which mm. it often does, you get the browning on the foliage right. and dying off. Yes. So it's, it's it's nothing that the listener is doing wrong or incorrectly or any pest or disease. It's just a matter of the plant actually stops growing in May. So try the Seamongous Fertiliser. If we do get dry weather in May, just just keep it well right. irrigated and watered and it'll be perfectly fine.
0: Now, mm. Mary has put lime on the lawn, as you advised, and left it Good. two weeks and then has applied the Osmo. And that's on two weeks now and she notes there's no change. All right.
1: Well, remember what I said at the top mm. of the programme. The growth has been very slow. Mm-hmm. Um, Osmo will take about three weeks before the moss dies in, in normal growing conditions. So it's going to take a minimum of three weeks this year before is going to see the moss dying. So... Don't don't do anything with it. Leave it alone. By the end of this, give us a call next weekend, and let's see how <laughs> how the lawn is doing.
0: Ooh. But it, it
1: it will take three weeks. Right. That's the the, the That's thing with Osmo, and particularly this year, because the growth has been very very slow. Uh, even in lawns, it's been you know we're, we haven't got that flush of growth yes. that you normally associate with April. Okay. So, Anna's done everything right. So Mary, in weeks yeah, or Mary, sorry, yeah, Mary, uh, in in a week's time or ten days time, we, you sh- you'll you'll see the first the the moss starting to wither and die, okay, excellent, and the lawn greening up lovely. <laughs>
0: Now, um, a listener would like to know about growing butternut squash in the garden. Okay. Do they have the? Uh, do they have to have a greenhouse, no. or is it okay outdoors? And um, can you advise on feeding? And are they susceptible to any pests?
1: You know the plant. Oh, well, you're you're a great cook, so well. you know the butternut squash.
0: <laughs> Not great, but <clears throat> I I do like my food. Let's put it like that. Yes, butternut squash. squash.
1: So it's in the squash family. Yes. It grows like a pumpkin or like a a um, any of the gourds or squashes. Mm. Beautiful plant to grow. Uh, lovely to eat as well. Lovely in soups and. And, and so a really good plant I'd highly recommend it uh, easy to grow yes sow the seeds now indoors on a windowsill um, it'll take two weeks for them to germinate they are frost sensitive so you do need a greenhouse or a tunnel to grow them certainly for the early spring period um, so a tunnel would be ideal of each squash plant you'll get between six and ten squash plants Butternut squash to actually grow, and the trick with them is not to pick them too early. They need to go with that orangey colour before you harvest yeah. them. So you're going to start picking the first of them probably in August, and you'll pick right through till possibly into yeah. October. Because
0: you want them nice and fleshy.
1: You do exactly, yeah. You want them ripe. Um. So yes, uh, you'd really want a very good summer to grow them out of doors, and you won't get the same uh, yield as having them outside. But if you have a raised bed. Then you could certainly try them. So the tip with so to go through it quite simply: Mm -hmm. sow the seeds now indoors, plant them out of doors from about the middle of May onwards, or put them into the tunnel or greenhouse at that stage. Um, When they're in flower, they need to be pollinated by the bees. So keep the tunnel and the greenhouse open open and allow the bees to pollinate the blooms. And expect about six or eight plants or butternut squash to actually grow on the plant in a greenhouse or a tunnel Um, so that's really it liquid feed them of course they need lots of feeding as pumpkins do or squash do in general a high potash feed like a tomato feed during the growing season but they're well worth growing and their seed is available now Uh, grow sure uh, do uh, the seed of butternut squash? Yeah, look at it, look for it in your local garden centre. Okay. But well grown, lovely, lovely garden plant, vegetable okay, plant. Well,
0: if if you do t- uh, take on that project, listener, we'd love to know how you get on yeah, uh, further on down the line. The very best of luck with it. Now, a listener also would like to well, wants to know, Pork how can you get rid of huge bare areas in the lawn uh, and get it growing again without turning over
1: the soil? Okay. Well, you can do a couple, two things really. First of all, you need to just rake the soil. Just so I would the first thing. I would do is actually cut the grass if it hasn't been cut. Make sure you take all the grass clippings off. Uh, rake off the soil. So you're just kind of scuffling up. You're not digging, you're not hoking, but you're giving it a light, uh, vigorous rake with a lawn rake, those right. kind of special tine rakes. So
0: you're and aerating the soil a well, you're just it, fluffing up the yeah. actual
1: soil. You're just kind of breaking the surface and fluffing it up. Then mix some lawn seed, so something like the green velvet lawn seed with compost and literally... A pl- apply it over that bare area, brush it in, take out the R brush right. and literally brush it in and leave it alone. Within about three weeks, it'll start to germinate and grow on. So if you've got a big area, that's the most simple thing to do. Mix huh. compost and green right. velvet lawn that's seed together easy. in a barrel and literally chuck it over the area and brush it in. Now, you won't be able to mow that area for at least a month okay. until the, the seeds start to germinate and start to, to kick off. Mm-hmm. The, other th- the other treatment you can use is a thing called patch magic, mm-hmm. which is a mixture of lawn seed, compost and fertilizer all in the one mix. So again, you give the lawn a trimming, the lawnmower, you give it a light raking with the tine rake, the lawn rake, and then you literally chuck the Patch Magic onto the area. It comes in an applicator and you simply sprinkle it on over the area that's bare. And that again will germinate in a two to three week period. In that you've got the compost, you've got the fertilizer and you've got the seed already in the canister and you get that in your local garden centre so just look for patch magic great it it does exactly I suppose what it says on the tin it's for patching areas that or for listeners say that maybe have put on moss control early in the season and you have got a couple of bare patches now use the patch magic to just fill in those bare patches great stuff
0: Okay, we're going to take another quick break we still have lots more to come though so stay with us we've a great variety of questions there just trying to group them all together I think there's a couple of lawn questions part yeah, shoot, yeah. so uh, let me just go back here for a moment I know we have been talking about loans already and bear patches and what have you but we'll just continue on in that vein for a few more minutes um, a loan had its First cut and it's poor looking. What fertiliser should uh, this listener use? Anne, good morning. Uh, she has no moss though. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well done, you. One of
1: the few, one of the few. <laughs> of the few. Well, the, the, if you want a good straight fertiliser, remember when you put on any fertiliser, you want something that's going to feed it slowly, green mm-hmm. it without forcing it. So the, one of the, a very, very good one is one called Park and Fairway. So it's a straight fertiliser. It feeds slowly, it greens up the lawn without forcing growth and it'll help to fill in the the lawn. There's no weed killer in it, there's no moss control in it. It's literally a straight feed. And one bag will cover about 500 square yards, so it covers quite a big area. So that's park and fairway, Fairway. straight lawn. So if you've no moss, no weeds, that's the one to put on. Or if if you had a lawn that had no moss but had some weeds, it's often a good idea to feed the lawn with the likes of the park and fairway because that will also feed the weeds as well and then two weeks or three weeks later apply a lawn weed killer to control those because you're you're getting the the leaves are the leaves of weeds are very leathery at the moment Mm -hmm. and won't die off easily so allow them feed them first of all get them nice and soft and then about the first week of may you can apply a lawn weed killer and that will control them.
0: Okay, th- th- that may be the answer to when, uh, the next question. A listener has put down a new lawn a few years ago. Now it holds some water during the winter and it's currently covered in a wild grass. What can they do with it?
1: Right, that's wild meadow grass. Oh, Not a lot to be oh, honest. Gotcha, uh, right. There is, I mean, what you can do is it, wild meadow grass dislikes regular mowing. You know, if you're constantly keeping it trimmed back, it's a very mm. vigorous grass. So regular mowing um, it dislikes um, and maybe if it's a bit thin kind of reseed it with something like the green velvet which will be a finer grass um, so really the the only thing there is just continual mowing keeping it trimmed keeping it restrictive and that will discourage the wild grass and encourage softer grasses to come through
0: Great Okay I think that might be our lawn questions answered Now I want to go back here because there's one about a rambling rose Yes good morning to Tony and Tony has a rambling rose that will flower well a white is fr- uh, looking for a rather right, okay. suggestion yeah. of a rambling rose that will flower well preferably a white variety. Okay. And he's, he's got two questions actually. Also wondering, do you just get one crop of strawberries in the year or can you get more than one crop?
1: Well, generally, generally strawberries will flower all at once. So you don't get kind of repeat... Um repeat cropping now mm. having said that there are very good varieties El Santa is, a, is quite a good one which will which will give you fruit over a six week period Right. so you get both flower and fruiting you know for, for a minimum of six weeks so look for that variety it's a very good one called El Santa good time to plant it at this time of year and remember when they're in flower you need to let plenty of access for the bees to get in and pollinate um, so keep the greenhouse of the tunnel open during that period so that's a good variety El Santa it's available at the moment beautiful sweet uh, Strawberries. strawberries a great time to plant strawberries in general really good time to plant them the white rose um A nice variety would be one called Snow Goose. And that's a Rambling Rose, Rambling Rose, yeah. It's a David Austin variety. It's quite a nice one. Um, There's Rambling Iceberg as well, which is a white. Now, the flowers would be slightly bigger Mm. uh, than Snow Goose. It's a kind of, um, I suppose, in between a rambler and a climber. But it's quite a nice one. It's a pure white, as the name suggests, iceberg. It's it's quite a good one. So either of those two varieties, a really good time to plant them. If you want a kind of a light pink, uh, kind of, you know, mm-hmm. the one that would kind of open pink, but kind of fade fade, fade to a kind of a whitish color. Albertine is quite a good one. Very, very vigorous, uh, rambling rose. Um, big flowers, nice color, lots of flowers on it as well. It's one of those three, and it's a really good time for planting all climbers, not just um, not just not roses. just roses. Yeah.
0: Okay, now a listener, Mary. Good morning to you. Uh, has a problem with worms in the lawn. Um, and she notes that uh, she describes it as a wire worm I'm not entirely sure um, but she says that the problem is manifesting itself because the roses and hydrangea now are not coming up yeah, um, right. she set the roses two years ago and it uh, feels that this worm is obviously contributing to well, them not
1: doing that well. Worms in, in lawns the, the, the biggest problem is, is leather jackets in lawns which is the the, the larvae of the crane fly, the mm-hmm. daddy long legs um, and that is very evident this year, lots of them about um, you'll notice them particularly if you put a sheet of plastic over, down on the ground and leave it overnight they'll actually come up to the surface of the lawn you'll see them the following day it's one way just to check yes. have you got them or not um, if you have then you can use a treatment called Trigger which is a liquid uh, application that you mix in the and can you apply it on the lawn area and that will kill them off so I would imagine it's it's leather jacket damage more okay. than wire worm as such. No, wire worm can be in lawns, but generally speaking, um, leather jackets are a bigger problem in lawns and they can affect other plants as well, the leash, uh bedding plants and the leech other plants. Okay. But they're very noticeable. They're, they're leathery in colour, grey in colour, and if you put it, as I say, a sheet of plastic on the ground this evening, go out tomorrow morning, you'll see them under the surface of the plastic. They'll come up to the surface overnight.
0: Um, now I know we mentioned this previously. I can't remember was it last week or the previous week. But a listener was wondering, can you repeat what keeps cats away from flower beds, please?
1: Well, you can use a product called Sentoff. Um, it's which is a, a granulated crystal that you put on, and, and they dislike the smell of it. The other thing I think I was saying was whether to, anybody tried it or not
0: to, to, to plant a kind of a cat, cat designated area. Yeah, yeah. And
1: it, there is a plant called cat 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 mint. Uh, Nepita which is a lovely flowering plant blue flowers if you plant that over in maybe a, a area of the garden the cats love that and they'll roll around it and tend to spend their time in around that plant because they, they really like the smell of it it smells a bit like lavender it's that kind of a smell oh, yeah, so it's quite lovely. a nice smell yeah. from it and very easy plant to grow so maybe plant a few of those and let me know how
0: I see how that you has get on So it worked yeah,
1: yeah so mint or, or Nepita is the name of the plant it's good plant time to plant and scent
0: of off if you're going S- for the
1: scent on the f- or sent off yeah pellets yeah. try those they're they're. Uh, green crystals that you can put around the base of the plant and for for a period it'll help to ward off the gads.
0: Okay, great. Um, now, what time of year do you get pond plants?
1: Well, a good time to plant uh, pond plants is from about the end of April, early May. Once the water temperature um, starts to rise which yeah. it is at the moment um, so any time from now on really you can you can get the water lilies or any of the oxygenating plants it's a great time or if listeners have pond plants in their own pond it's a good time to repot them and they do need repotting Like I was, going to, older. I was
0: going to say you repot pond plants yeah most you?
1: pond plants are grown in plastic baskets in a kind of a blast plastic container uh, with soil and stone on the top, mm-hmm. but say with something like a garden, a water pond lily, after two years it'll have outgrown that pot and it starts to get a bit stunted. And it's also an opportunity for splitting the plants as well. So before they come into any significant growth at this time mm-hmm. of year, to, to repot pond plants is a good idea. Uh, but certainly putting them into the pond, any time from now on, uh, pond plants become available and get them back into the garden.
0: What causes dark marbling in potatoes, Park? And are they safe to eat?
1: They're safe to eat, but generally, it's it's con- it's uh, caused by bruising by just physical damage when you're harvesting the potatoes. You'll get that brown staining through the actual potatoes. Um, now, once they're cooked, that tends to come out of them. You know, it doesn't. Oh, yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't stay in the, in the plant. So, a little bit more careful handling, really, of them. Some varieties are a little bit more susceptible than others. But apart from that, that's that's all it is. Okay. A
0: listener has planted cabbage and carrots in the tunnel. Both are growing well, but they like to prevent any root damage from the root flies. And what should they use?
1: So they've cabbage and carrots? Yes, both. Um, well, what I would use, you can buy actually a specific root fly spray um so it's called root fly spray. It's a treatment. It's an organic treatment. It's made actually from garlic. Mm-hmm. Ooh, and nice. uh, you mix it. Or, or garlic wonder is actually very good as well. And garlic is coming to the fore an awful lot more, particularly from the growers. The growers are actually using it as a treatment as, for uh, both pests and diseases. And they're finding that garlic uh, builds a lot of strength and a lot of vigour back into plants so plants are nearly far better stronger better ability to actually ward off pests and diseases i suppose they're building up the, yes, u- immune, the immune system, system yeah. in plants so there's there's a product called garlic wonder which is the extract of garlic if you remember a couple of years ago we had one of the rose growers on talking about they use garlic as part of their uh, growing yes. program to keep off pests and diseases and to bring more vigour and vitality back into the roses mm. and the roses were superb beautiful glossy leaves big flowers so look for that product it's called garlic wonder you simply mix it up in water you apply it onto the foliage of the carrots or the or the cabbage in this mm-hmm. case and it controls caterpillars root flies uh, anything like that you'll find it very effective or there is a product a specific co- product called root fly treatment mm-hmm. which again you mix it up in water you apply it to the uh, cabbage or, or cauliflower or uh, any 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 of the vegetable plants and that will ward off root flies as well.
0: And uh, if you just grew garlic in with those uh, plants would it have a similar effect well, it, I wonder? It,
1: it helps in that the, the smell of it t- tends to ward off things yeah. like carrot root fly comes in on the scent of the carrots but you're better to use it as a as a spray. Right. When you buy garlic wonder it's a concentrated yes, form I know it's of speci- specialised
0: you, for that purpose. Exactly and, yeah. and
1: you'll find that. That's that's exactly what the growers use and um, find it extremely effective.
0: Okay. Some flowering climbers please to flower this spring and summer to cover an eight-foot wall and how do you prepare the soil and what should you feed
1: well, them? Well soil preparation for climbers is critical because remember when you plant a climber you're expecting it to grow six and eight feet in this mm-hmm. instance so it needs good soil preparation and I can't under emphasize Over. or overemphasize that and um, so what i would do is dig a trench if you can get some good quality compost or organic matter or just good bag compost where you mix some fertiliser through it that's what you need and dig that into your soil and prepare the soil well spring flowering climbers things like um, clematis the spring flowering clematis will be coming into bloom very very soon now the Montanas and they're going to be spectacular Mm -hmm. this year they can be planted this time of year summer flowering varieties like the President Dr. Rupel Hagley Hybrid they all can be planted honeysuckles can be planted this time of year Um, roses that we touched on already can be planted Um, so a great time to plant flowering climbers. Prepare the soil well. Some will need support like the clematis. You'll have to put up some trellis or some wire for them to scramble up through. Others like climbing hydrangea, virginia creeper, um, virginia creeper, what else, poric, ivies, self-cling. They root onto the wall themselves so they don't need support. And where you've got those growing, it's often a great idea to introduce some flowering climbers like Clematis because they'll use the others for support right. and and produce the flowers during the, the growing season. So prepare the soil well, go to your local garden centre. there's loads of climbers available at the moment and mm-hmm. it's a great time to plant them. Um, you know, you okay. get lots of growth. You'd, you'd be surprised; they'll put on five, six feet of growth this year alone. Right. Okay. Some so of the fast-growing tomatoes varieties, yeah.
0: So get busy if that's a project for you for the yeah. spring. Now, one or, just one or two more part before we finish up. Time is ticking. What types of tomato will grow outside in the garden? This listener doesn't have a greenhouse.
1: Well, first of all, start them off indoors. Now it's too early to put them out until certainly the risk of frost and cold weather is gone. So we're you're not going to be placing them out of doors till about the middle of May. So grow them on a couple of windows at this time of year and grow, go for the hardy varieties like Moneymaker uh, Gardeners Delight does very well out of doors I'll okay. say Craig and Shirley they would be four v- very good outdoor varieties now do pick a sheltered spot a sunny location if possible and grow them in pots of compost is the easiest way to grow them stake them well put down a bamboo cane with them and as long as it's sunny sheltered they'll grow perfectly fly- fine and produce their fruit in August, September of this year And they're available as as plants at the moment, but do start them off indoors. You know, get them growing and then plant them. Would have used planting them out about the first or second week of May.
0: Okay, and a listener is ready to plant their sweet pea and nasturtiums outside. What plant food do they uh, use to give uh, to both? And do they need any other tips?
1: Well, first of all, uh, split them up a little bit. Sweet pea need regular feeding and they're very, very hungry hungry feeders. If you feed nasturtiums too much, if you feed them Uh at all, to be quite honest, you get big leaves and no flowers. Oh,
0: so be very careful. So be
1: hard on the nasturtium. Mm-hmm. Give it little or no feed. Um, and the sweet pea, I think I mentioned before, dig a trench, put in some compost into it, plant your sweet pea and feed feed them regularly then with something like liquid one, which is very good on sweet pea. It, it induces a lot of flowering in them. And nasturtiums, I wouldn't give them anything at all. Just a little bit of slug control and that's it. That's Let it. the nasturtium grow itself because the less feeding it gets, the, the less leaves you get and the more flowers.
0: And last question, what do you do with small daffodil bulbs from window boxes the flowers have died off?
1: Well, you can plant them out. Plant them out into the garden somewhere. The the listener is obviously redoing the the window boxes. So take your bulbs, don't cut them back, just plant them out of doors somewhere. Now, daffodils in general are beginning to go out of flower, particularly the early varieties. So now is the time of year to cut off the seed heads. You're only taking two inches off the top of the head. The reason for that is, A, you're putting the energy back into the bulb, Mm -hmm. but also you'll find the bulbs will die back quickly more quickly so just go out with the hedge clippers and trim off the seed heads if your daffodils have gone over and the other tip with daffodils is to feed them at this time of year with a liquid fertilizer so again liquid one or miracle grow mixed in a washing can apply it now apply it in two weeks time feed them well over the next three to four weeks and you'll build them up for next year
0: that's all we have time for not to forget the easter family farm
1: Easter Family Farm starting today it's a free event in Turlock in the garden centre with lots the
0: Egyptian of, hedgehog uh,
1: exactly and lots of bunny rabbits and, and ducklings and chicks so that's a free event for the families just off the Bailey restaurant in Turlock in Castle Bar and next Saturday the 19th I'll be having another garden clinic we'll remind people of it next week anyway okay. that's another free event
0: lovely stuff lots to look forward to there Pork, thanks, thanks indeed dear, dear. for all of that this morning uh, stand by Michael Neary is coming your way directly after the News at 10 with Angelina Nugent from me For the moment, a very good morning to you.